Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, this is Corey welcoming you to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that we're about to discuss are of interest to you and you'd like to check out the articles and read more, just head on over to our blog at blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you'll find links to everything that we're about to discuss. Let's jump into our first story, Trans College Students Face Challenges. Researchers looked at a data set of over 65,000 college students, which included over 1,200 gender minorities, which is another way for us to say uh, folks who are transgender, non-binary, anyone other than cisgender youth. What they found was that gender minority status was associated with a 4.3 increased risk of having at least one mental health problem as compared to cisgender students. They found that problems like depression, anxiety, and eating disorders impacted 45% of cisgender students, which is a big number itself, but that 78% of gender minority students were affected. That's more than three out of four gender minority students. So this is a concerning uh, number for us to hear. Um, It backs up what a lot of other research has found, which is that it's not an easy landscape right now for trans youth to be coming out and getting the services that they need and navigating stigma and discrimination. It really underscores the need to have more support at the university level. Next up, 35,000 cancer cases attributable to HPV. A CDC study found that almost 35,000 cancer cases annually between the years 2012 and 2016 were attributable to HPV with 92% of these cases being attributable to strands that are targeted by the HPV vaccine. In other words, much of this cancer was preventable through vaccination efforts. The study also found that 59% of these largely preventable cancers occurred in women, while 41% occurred in men. This study didn't look specifically at LGBT uh, folks, but I included it because there's been a lot of research to find that um, queer, bisexual, gay, young men in particular are susceptible to HPV, and that if we vaccinated um, young boys and not just um, girls, we would uh, have a particularly big benefit in the LGBT community, although studies have also found that all youth and all adults would benefit from increased vaccination. So this study really just underscores how big of a problem this is uh, and how preventable so many cancer cases are if, if we could have more folks vaccinated. Next up, New York officials condemn forced surgery. OZY featured an op-ed from top health and human rights officials in New York who recommended strongly against involuntary surgery performed on intersex babies and youth. Intersex uh, generally means someone who is born with sex characteristics that aren't exclusively associated with male or female. Um, This can include uh, primary sex characteristics, which would be genitalia, but it can include things at the chromosomal level or hormones or um, a whole bunch of other factors. 
2% of the population is actually born with at least one intersex trait, and 1 in 2,000 babies is at risk of having quote-unquote corrective surgery performed on them um, while they're still a, a baby or a child um, to try to conform uh, with binary norms around sex. Experts say that these surgeries are damaging and traumatic for the young person, and they often have lifelong effects. So it's great to see um, people in New York um, at that high level of government coming out and shining some light on this issue and letting parents know um, that if this is recommended for them, they should think twice before agreeing to that. Our next story shares how to talk to your dog. Harvard Health published a guide for how LGBT people can talk comfortably with their doctors about their sex lives, which is key to ensuring that one's doctor is providing necessary and appropriate care. Their tips include being upfront about your goals and concerns, taking a partner or someone else who you trust so that you can feel more comfortable, and asking difficult but important questions. Don't be afraid to put your doctor on the spot and get the information that you need. Next up, youth interventions need study. A new study found a scarcity of scientific research on interventions to help LGBT youth with issues relating to substance abuse, mental health, and violence prevention. In nearly 20 years worth of studies relating to this population, only nine studied the effectiveness of programs to address these really important issues. Researchers say that the lack of proof around effective programs probably is just the result of not enough study being dedicated to this and not a sign that there are no effective programs out there. It's too bad that for all of the research that we have showing uh, the disparities that LGBT youth face in these areas, there hasn't been much research to kind of tell us what works and what doesn't for addressing the problems, which leaves people to have to keep on guessing or reinventing the wheel in programs that are happening around the country. And in our final story, improving data on gender identity. Researchers examined issues that still remain with respect to gender identity and research samples in a new paper. Since 2014, the CDC's Behavioral Risk Factor Surveillance System, or BRFIS, has allowed for states to optionally collect gender identity information, providing probability samples that can be used to study trans health. And this data is really important because this is a study that happens in the same way in all of the states. It provides a huge amount of data um, for researchers to look at. So including gender identity in this is really important. But the authors of the paper say that problems with generalizability remain. So they've issued some recommendations, which I would definitely recommend checking out if you're interested in data collection. It sometimes doesn't seem like the most uh, interesting issue for folks, um, but really nothing else can get done without having data. We can't know what disparities exist and we can't know how to address them if we don't have data that is inclusive of LGBT folks and that looks at our sexual orientation and gender identities. So this is um, an important paper and an important subject. Well, that wraps things up for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you've enjoyed listening. If anything that we've talked about today has piqued your interest and you'd like to read more, just head on over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you can find links to all of the papers and articles that we've discussed today. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast if you'd like to keep listening. Thanks again and talk to you next week.